Good evening, everyone. Um, we have been sharing with you lots of concepts over recent weeks. And what I hope you've heard so far tonight is that we believe there might be a bigger picture to the one that you are currently seeing. And I know that a number of people have said, oh, well, we like what you're saying about the darkness and the light. And sometimes we've got to be in the dark to see the true light. But how would I recognize in my own life whether I'm whether I'm looking at something up close and can't see it, or whether I'm seeing the truth. How do we begin to sort of know for sure when it's often a matter of our own perception? And so I was thinking about this a lot this week, thinking, how could we um, perhaps give you some tools to be able to help recognize these things in your life so that your reality that might be up close like this might be expanded. So I want to just share with you something that happened to me on Friday and I'm going to call this the parable of the bird and let's just imagine that this would be in my book of the Bible. Um, and uh, basically what happened on Friday is I was due to go to work and just as I was about to leave, um, Graham said to me, um, why is there a bird just on our doorstep? Now, we have two cats, so we get a lot of birds, and they're not always in a good state. Um, but there was this bird, and when I went outside, there was this little bird sitting on the step, not moving, and my cat, one of them, just staring at it. So, of course, immediately I think, I've got to go to work, but I've also got to save the bird. So when I had a little look at this, I picked it up, put it in a box, and, um, and then realized that it couldn't fly, so assumed my cat's already injured it, it's not got a life, lot of life left in it, what am I going to do? Now, we've been here a few times before. Um, my husband thinks, um, sometimes my husband thinks we should put things out of their misery when they're injured, and I go into, oh, I have to save the bird. And we've had a few conversations around this. So this was another one of those where he said, look, it's injured. It's not going to make it. It's gone. It's done for. Um, you can't save this one, Jen. So we went a bit of back and forth. And um, in the end, I said, well, can you at least just hide it somewhere so it's got a chance of dying a peaceful death, not being eaten by one of the, the cats. So, so he did that. I went off to work came back from work on Friday um, to be told that neither of the cats had eaten this bird and yet it had been in the back garden all day just stood there just literally stood there so I saw this as the sign that oh my goodness me this bird can still be saved it is eight hours later I have gone to work and you know done the right thing and done a good job and I still have opportunity to save this bird so I grabbed the box again put the bird back in the box <laughs> grabbed Daniel because I thought this will be a really good life lesson for my teenager on how you can save things. We got in the car, I drove the bird in the box to the vets, walked into the vet, some of you already think I'm mad, walked into the vets, said, I'm trying to save this bird from being eaten by my cats. Um, and so she looked at me like I was fairly stupid. She went, I said, they've broken it, it can't fly. To which the person on reception said, it's a baby bird, it can't fly yet. Um, so I thought, oh, okay, this is now already not what I thought this was going to be. And so she said, let me get the vet to have a look at it. Long story short, vet looks at the bird and um, says, oh, no, this is just a baby bird. It's lost its way from a nest or your cat's taken it from the nest. You'll put it into real shock by taking it away from its home. You've got to put it back near, you found it, near where you found it. So I said, yeah, but my cats will then eat it. Um, they said, well, you're going to traumatise it more if you don't do that. So, of course, we get back in the car. Well, Daniel's been waiting in the car. I get back in the car, still with the bird in the box. <laughs> um, 
And he says, why have you still got the bird? So all the way home, I'm saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? If I put it in the garden, the cats are going to eat it. How am I going to save this bird? So he said, why don't you just drop it off here, which was like on Clifton Bridge. About... I said, it can't find its way home. So at this point, I decided the most appropriate anecdote to share with my 14-year-old was the story of Finding Nemo. How in Finding Nemo, the, the mother couldn't find the fish because it was too far. So at least if we put it near our house, there's a hope that the mother will find the bird. By this time, I'm literally praying out loud that Jesus will save the bird. And Daniel's going, Mom, please don't pray that Jesus saves this bird. <laughs> please don't. So I decided to put it by the lake near our house. It's 100 yards. I thought birds can fly. The mother will find the bird. Birds can fly. So I left this um, bird by a tree near the lake. I cannot tell you how hard I found it walking away from that bird. I found it too hard walking away from that bird because I thought I'm leaving it all by itself, all alone without its mum, having had a traumatic day being stared at by my two cats. But then I heard a tweeting bird and I thought, that's okay, another mother bird will adopt this one. So I went home and both of my husband and my son by now are literally despairing of me two hours carried on with my day and then I thought I'm just gonna go check it's all right so I walked to the lake just at the end of my street and it had hopped its way onto the path and it was just stood there so by this point I thought right this is no good so I bought the bird back home <laughs> this was taking up too much time of my day I bought the bird back home and um, hid it then really really found a really great hiding spot from the cats and thought, right, at least if it tweets from here, the mother's nearby, the mother can somehow save it. Left it. An hour later, guess what? The bird is dead. Um, the bird is dead in the garden, probably traumatised by the two trips in the car and the trip to the lake. So my interfering to try and save this bird probably resulted in its death. Now, the reason why this is a parable is because for me, if I just look up close, that's a story about a bird. If I stand at a distance, my reaction to what happened to this bird told me something about the walls that I hit in my life. Because I want to rescue things. I want to save things. I think if I work hard enough and go out of my way enough, I can. And you know what? Sometimes, guess what happens? I can't, and the thing dies anyway. And I wanted to use that as a practical example to show you how in our daily lives, we all sometimes are reacting to things, sometimes in ways that other people are finding weird. But if we are willing to, in those moments, think, why am I obsessing over this bird? We will stand back from those moments that happen to us in life, and we might just see something bigger going on about our beliefs and our attitudes because I don't want to live my life with a belief that's going to destroy me and destroy something else because I won't let it go. Now we're going to show you a clip now and then there's going to be a song which is all about Quasimodo from um, the movie Notre Dame. It's obviously the place as well and the story behind that where he has to live hidden and actually he looks down below at people who are having a real life 
and he has to play around with pretend people, um, hoping that one day he gets to experience it for real. And we're going to carry on our thinking in a few minutes. But for now, I want you to ask yourself, those things that seem to be you're reacting to in your life, they're probably telling you something that there might be more out there for you to realise and a greater reality to experience. So let's show the clip. Okay, so in these final few minutes um, tonight, um, I want to just carry on the narrative a little bit so I'm hopefully clear by the time you leave that I shared that story of the bird with you, not because I like making myself sound silly, but as a tangible example of how we all have reactions and things in life that if we would look at them, tell us something about ourselves. And I was genuinely really sad I couldn't save this bird, but it was about more than that. I get sad when I can't save things, when I can see things that need fixing or people who are alone or who are lost and with all of my best efforts I can't manage to make it okay and I actually acquired that narrative at a very young age and followed it through and it has been both my sanctuary like Quasimodo and at the same time my prison because I have found great safety in believing that if I work hard enough I can turn any situation round and I've managed a few but there's been times where it's also imprisoned me in the feelings about past what I've perceived to be failures because I couldn't fix it or make it work and it's also made me afraid of the things I might not be able to fix in my future so one moment can tell me something that I'm believing and can help me to perhaps think I need to leave that sanctuary and I certainly need to leave that prison. And so to leave our shadows behind, we've sometimes got to be willing to step back and see a bigger picture. Now I realised and, and going through this process that I've set very high expectations for myself to live by and some of you have done the same. This idea that we genuinely are going to try and be all things to all men and actually for me, it was rooted in a real religious spirit that had to self-attain that it was I can make it I can be this great person who saves the world I wasn't expecting anyone else to do that just me which then actually breeds a self-righteousness but as we learn and grow and pay attention to our reactions in our day-to-day -day life and consider our responses we can learn a lot about how we are wired and then ask ourselves the questions about whether those walls we're hitting into are actually walls we want to keep living within and actually I find that asking that question what is going on in me that I'm having such this strong reaction and it can help me because what we don't want to wear is a belief or feeling or attitude just because we've always worn it it's like wearing an outfit you no longer fit in or it's like the caterpillar deciding it's never going to become a butterfly because it's been quite happy being a caterpillar thank you very much and even though it's restrictive it's going to stay there or some of you might prefer to call it being born again. Not as a one-time experience that only ever happens once, but as a daily, do you know what, I'm going to see it, I'm going to step into something new. Now a while ago um, we shared a story, in fact we've probably shared it a few times, it's just a, a little extra parable about the parable of the twins and the twins are in the baby's womb and they're having a conversation and one of them saying, oh do you know I can't wait to get out of here and really find this new life and the other twins going, what do you mean a new life? This is all there is, we're just here, what are you talking about? And the other twins saying, well you know, when we meet mother and the first twin saying, mother? 
who is mother? And so it's this whole idea that for them both, within the womb of their experience, one of them believes that there's more and the other thinks they've experienced everything there ever is to experience. And my favourite line in the story is when they talk about the belief in mother and the twin that believes in mother says, do you know what, if you listen, really, when it's really, really quiet in here sometimes you can hear her voice and there's another voice calling you out tonight to somewhere new and actually if we only ever stay with the familiar never questioning it because we've it's what we've always known um, we live in that bubble and actually most of the time we don't so much fear the unknown in our life as we fear that all that we've known coming to an end. So we're going to watch a last clip from the parable of the Truman Show. And you saw a clip at the beginning. This guy lives in an artificial world that has been made for him by television producers. And he doesn't know that it's actually a TV show and he is the star. But he starts to hear niggles. And he starts to believe there might be something more. And things stop adding up. And he one day decides to push free and see what happens at the other end of the wall. Let's just take a look. Okay. I love that. Um, in reality, some things are going to be harder on the other side of the door because actually within the bubble that was created for him by the TV show, he was very protected and very looked after and given the narrative. But true freedom lies on the other side of the door. And actually, for some of you, you need to know tonight that hitting a wall is a really, really good place for you to start your new life. Because within that wall, there is a door. And um, I found this picture today. If you can put up that first one for me. And I thought... I don't normally say hello to the walls when I hit in life. I normally want to sort of crawl up on them. But actually, when we hit into stuff and bump into stuff in life, it is a brilliant, brilliant place to start. Because actually, if we will pay attention to what is going on in us and our reactions, we will work out what our internal light is. And if you put the next clip um, picture on for me, please. Um, within every wall... There is a door, and I do believe that. I read this today. It says in the original um, verse, Dear, dear Corinthians, but I'm going to edit it. Dear, dear Q Church, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly and as openly as I can open up your lives, live openly and expansively. And I thought when we hit a wall, if we don't pause to find a door, we stay fenced in. And maybe tonight it's time for you to hear that, do you know what, your life isn't small, your life's incredible. You've been given everything that you need to equip you for everything and yet those walls in our mind that keep us inside our sanctuaries slash prisons are the things that sometimes we need to hear the voice that says, you don't have to stay here. There is another way to see this. You can zoom out on your life to a bigger picture. So whether today you want to avoid all of these parables tonight, going round in circles, staying in the cave, fixing it all yourself, watching on from your sanctuary while others live free, staying in the womb of your current understanding or resisting within a bubble made for you by others. There is a bigger picture. There is more than what you have currently been seeing and it might just be time for you to lift your head up and see a new horizon. So whatever wall you are facing tonight, our prayer is that you will find a door within that wall and our hope and absolute faith is that there will be a door for you to walk through 
Um, and we pray tonight that that will be your experience. And if we can help you find those doors and learn how to um, have another perspective on your situation, we will gladly do that with great pleasure um, because we would love to be part of that journey. Um, we hope you found it helpful tonight. On Wednesday, please do come and join us and hear all about the experience Anthony and Chris have been having. They've had some real encouragement while they've been there and they've also had some real work to do. So I know they'd love to share that with you on Wednesday. For now, we're going to release Danny and release the kids. Uh, but have an excellent week and make sure you stare at your walls a little bit and work out what they're telling you so you can see the doors within them. Bless you. Good night. Thanks all for coming.